Welcome to the Power of Five podcast with Glenn Blakeney. Join us for revelatory teaching as well as riveting discussions and guest interviews on all things fivefold ministry. Welcome to the Power of Five podcast, and today we are continuing the interview with Elaine Caron on the topic of the Apostolic Church. This is actually the third part of the interview. It's an incredible time of just looking at how to actually transition the church into an apostolic model. So if you have been leading more of a conventional type of church, pastoral-led, how do we actually take the practical steps to transition into an apostolic center? God bless you guys as you listen. Let's just talk a little bit about the church making that transition so that we become effective in engaging our culture and reaching those who in particular have no interest in uh, the institutional church or the convention and the conventional church. What what is the the answer? Because many churches, many pastors are dealing with this. How do I grow? Like right now, oh my church, people are scattered. We don't, you know, what are we going to do? And so let's let's just give us your uh, feedback, your insight into that, Elaine, please. I I would not be too much concerned about growing per se, if I can say that. No, I I know we all want to grow. But we put a lot of emphasis on church growth for many years. I would, I would say let's concentrate on, let's clarify what's the mandate of the church. What are we up to? What do we want to produce? Um, do we believe that the Lord wants to rule? on the earth or not, because some people believe they're just waiting to go to heaven. So if we believe that, there's not much incentive to bring an influence on the earth. So what are we believing? What is our role? Uh, should we bring back the glory that was lost? Is this our mandate? When we read in Revelations, uh, Revelation 11, 15, is it where the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of God and of his Christ? How will this happen? Will this happen by magic? One day, Jesus will just say, here I am, I take everything. Or do we have a part in going towards that? And of course we do. So we need to clarify for ourselves, what are we up to? And in a church that wants to start walking along that, I believe the main leader or the leaders together should clarify their own understanding of what, why are we here? Mm. If he wanted to bring us to heaven, it could be done a long time ago. So why does he stay, keep us here on the earth? What's our purpose? And once we clarify that, is our structure helping us to go towards that goal? If we have a maintenance structure, it will not serve a expansion uh, mandate. So for us, we uh, dismantled an old structure because the structure needs to serve the vision. Right. So our old structure was very traditional, a group of elders and a pastor. The pastor is the one ministering to the congregation. And the congregation year after year comes to be ministered to. This is not wrong in itself. 
but we want to go further. And so with teaching, with dialogue, we agreed, and it was hard for some to agree, <laughs> but you know, reaching agreement is still important. We agreed to dismantle the old structure and to replace it by an apostolic structure. What do I mean? I mean that I was the main leader. I still am. And I surrounded myself by a team, which I call an apostolic team, which is a team of different gifts and different capacities of people. And that team is flexible. It's not positions for life. It's a, a functional team. If you want, it's like the people walking with, with Jesus when he traveled across Israel. It's the people walking or taking the ship with Paul when he travels. People of the journey. If you're ready to make the journey with me, if you're willing to leave what's, uh, whatever stops it and, and commit to join on the journey with me, that's what I call the apostolic journey. That journey is how can we bring back God's glory in the world where uh, it has been lost? And what steps do we need to do? And uh, how can we have an entrance in the seven mountains of society to bring the influence of the gospel there? So if we will work together, if we will plan together, we will be able to advance. And so that's been my life for the last uh, few years. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you there's places with uh, great, great uh, en encouragement. Taiwan, for example, I've been working with them for a while uh, and with Chuck Pierce. And they have recently, I was on Zoom again, they have established seven apostolic cities wow. and they are entering now in the uh, medical world and in the education world to transform from the inside with the kingdom values. Yeah. And they bring such a resource to the government mm. in secular society that this is an infiltration of the kingdom of God going inside of society. Why do they do that? Mm -hmm. They do that because they have the right vision of the mandate of the church. Yeah. See, if your vision of the mandate is that we need to huddle together until Jesus comes back, then this is what you're going to do. You <laughs> see, you will follow your vision and you will reach what you aim. Right. If your vision is how can we transform society, how can we bring the kingdoms to Jesus? Because in Revelation, when it says the kingdom become the kingdom of God, his plan is not to destroy the kingdoms of this world. His plan is to take them and rule over them because he is the king. Yeah. And we are to facilitate that with the giftings we have. So in a church, let's first see if you can have a clear vision of the mandate. You may need some help. You, mean, you may need apostolic people to teach alongside you, to counsel you, to father you, if I can say, you may need to work close, more closely with Glenn. Uh, Glenn didn't ask me to say that. Or you LA. may need <laughs> to connect with a man like him, or, or or someone else that the Lord puts in in your in your in your path, and and have help to transition gradually, because you don't want to shock God's people. 
God's people are precious, and you want to help them transition in their minds, in their understanding of the gospel, of the gospel of the kingdom, not just the gospel of salvation. It's included in. You want to help them transition. You don't want to lose them, and you want to bring the right structure that will facilitate the development of everybody, the training, and so that you will not have just a congregation of converts but a congregation of disciples. And once they realize that they are disciples, they will come to you with projects. They will come to you with visions and things they want to do. While in the past you were trying to motivate them to sign up for a chore in the church, they will knock at your door and say, can I do this? Can I venture there? Because vision will be released inside the body. That's what we have been experiencing in in our apostolic center. I could tell you stories and stories uh, that we have done in nations up to building a 13-kilometer road in the mountains of Haiti to connect the population to the road system and to running water and to electricity and to medical uh, uh, care because an apostolic church does not only do Sunday morning meetings. It also builds roads in the mountains and builds stuff and, and motivates people and, 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 and is a nightmare for the devil, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. And, I, and you know, in your book, you talk about Pax Romana and, and the whole idea of the Roman uh, kingdom, the Romans. And uh, the word apostle, of course, was a secular term before it was used in the New Testament. Yeah. And uh, you, you refer to um, the whole mission of, of the Roman Empire in uh, invading, occupying, and transforming. And apostles exactly. were the ones that were sent out by Caesar to go into a, a land and to, you know, ultimately transform that. So just elaborate on that, uh, the whole concept. I know our time is running short, but this is this is important. Thank you for bringing it, Glenn. Um, there's two words that are not religious at all that Jesus will use. He will use ecclesia, which uh, we derive church. Uh, that, that's a mystery. Church has nothing to do with ecclesia as a term, but I will build my church. The word is ecclesia, and he, he, he chose apostles. And none of those two words are religious. Uh, Ecclesia was a civil gathering of citizens with authority to make decrees for their city. Mm. That's what we are when we gather, you see. When Jesus said, I will build my, my, my Ecclesia, I will build that structure that has authority to make decrees on the earth. And apostles were those, like you said, sent by the emperor to take new territory. And that uh, conquest would be done in three stages, invade, occupy, and transform. Why uh, transform? Because if you transform it, it will never come back to what it was. So you invade it, we understand that. Christians sometimes are poor at the second step. We need to occupy what you have invaded. Every inch you win, every inch you need to keep, you need to occupy if, if you don't want to lose it. If you don't want to lose it, transform it with the, the atmosphere of heaven. So they would occupy the land and when would transform the road system, the hygiene rules, they will build baths, 
paths, uh, uh, running water, they changed the laws, they changed what we call the culture of the lands they had conquered. And so those cultures became Romanized from barbarian to Romanized. So they would never come back to what was. And so that's our mission. Jesus came from heaven, our great apostle, to come and invade. He launched a conquest uh, operation on the earth, invade the earth, uh, built a team around him, sent us as he was sent. As my father sent me, I send you. As my father apostolled, he made of me an apostle. I make of all of you apostles, not maybe individual apostles, but we have an apostolic nature as a church. So you go invade, occupy what you gain and transform it. Transform it from sin to righteousness. Transform it from darkness to light. Transform it from the kingdom of, of, of the devil to the kingdom of God. So then when Jesus comes, he rules on all those kingdoms. And I'm not saying that we have to have done all that before he comes, but we need to work towards that until he comes. Amen? Yep. Amen. And so we... We, we invade, occupy, and transform. And that's the whole notion of my last book, The uh, uh, Territorial Gains. You see, we need to gain new territories for expansion. We cannot just stay in our little corner and be happy with our building. We need to think city. We need to think nations. We need to take governments. We need, need to take uh, schools and so forth, so that the kingdom comes everywhere. We need reformers in education. Mm -hmm. We need godly politicians. We need need all that. We need scientists. So we don't need only Bible schools. We need professional schools of the kingdom. We need to train lawyers. We need to train uh, scientists. We need to train uh, people of the kingdom that will live and impact this world. That's the apostolic mandate. So from the local church, we cannot do all of that in one church, but we can do a part of it. Every church can and have an impact. Powerful. Very powerful. And when we make disciples, one of the, the ways I put that, I think a synonym for making disciples is uh developing apostolic culture. So they embrace embrace the value system of the kingdom of God. And that is what we're supposed to do. People will live differently. They'll think differently and so on. And so when we, you were talking earlier about um, the city of Corinth and Ephesus, Corinth was the capital city in Ikea. Ephesus was the capital city uh, in Asia Minor at that time. And these are apostolic centers, as you mentioned, and places where Paul shifted his approach. He stayed there longer, and he developed many leaders. Uh, he made disciples. In Ephesus, it says in Acts 19, he went into the synagogue, which is like the church of today, and he tried to you know, preach the, the gospel of the kingdom, but the they didn't embrace that message, the old wineskin, and so they kicked him out. He went down the street <laughs> after three months and he took the disciples and in the lecture hall of Tyrannus and he started um, discipling them. And then the the Bible says that all of Asia Minor heard the gospel. That's yeah. significant. 
That's significant. And later in, uh, sorry, earlier in Acts 17, these are the men who've turned the whole world upside down. Now, it wasn't a political thing, it, but it was spiritual, but it affected and literally infected every area of society, including politics, the economy. In Acts 19, you know, these guys that made idols, they, they lost uh, their jobs because so yeah. many were coming to Christ, you know, and so you go into a community and you start preaching the gospel. If you go to Las Vegas, you know, so many people come to Christ and, you know, there's going to be the the uh, economy that's driven by the, the wicked forces of darkness is going to be affected when people yeah. are really transformed. So when we talk about apostolic centers, and they seem to be in these key metropolitan areas in the New Testament. And, you know, we have churches that are linked to those apostolic centers. And um, you mentioned apostolic networks um, in your book as well. So how does that all fit together? Apostolic centers, apostolic churches, apostolic networks. Well, I think we are seeing now a new uh, structure, a new para for a new paradigm. What we have been used to is the what we call the denominational um, structure, which is uh, still very strong. And uh, and I'm not saying it is wrong. Uh, if it is well ruled, it is good. Uh, in some cases, it can become very bureaucratic uh, and slow things uh, terribly. Um, what we see emerging now, so 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 I, I'm absolutely not uh, against denomination. I work very well with diverse denominations, and you will know them, uh, the biggest ones. And uh, I even have some churches in those denominations in my apostolic network with the agreement of their superintendents and all that, because they realize it's a movement of God and it's not about stealing sh sheep or it has nothing to do with that. Right. The new structure emerging now is called networks. Um, those networks are more organic and relational. Uh, it's not, these are not top-down networks. You yeah. see, the, the, the basic network, we see it, I think it's Acts 1537, when Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and see how the churches are doing. That's the beginning of the network. Let's go back and see how they're doing. He really had the heart of a father and also of a pioneer. And that's how it started. So today we see different networks being uh, established. Usually uh, there will be an apostle uh, at the head of that network, if it's an apostolic network, of course, or a prophetic network with a prophet. But an apostolic network will have an apostolic center most of the time, which is a resource center, and then a number of smaller, I don't like the, the word smaller, but uh, a, a number of churches in alignment. We talk today of alignment, rather than affiliation or I don't know what words are used, an alignment, which is the word actually, uh, Glenn uh, Catartizo, uh, equipping the saints. Yeah. Uh, it, that word also means to align broken bones together so they yeah. can heal. Yeah. So that alignment brings health to the body. So we align the, uh, the, the, the members properly so yeah. that the body may be uh, healthy because we need cohesion if mm. we want to wa win the war against darkness. Without cohesion, 
we we are in, in uh, it's not helping us yeah. so networks then are very simply those networks now are wheels within wheels like I, I like to say because in the past we were exclusive if you are with me you cannot be with him if you are with this denomination you cannot be with the other one uh, right. wh whom do you have your papers with and you know these things are changing very fastly now um, it's interconnected it's inclusive you can be part of a few networks you know it's relational and it's for the advancement of the kingdom we we just want the kingdom to advance and jesus be glorified mm -hmm. so these are relational organic networks um they vary in style you know some are very easy to be part of others have some requirements uh depending on who leads it you know like i have a network i have i don't know how many churches in different continents and and it's purely relational you know i don't i don't rule their churches i'm right. more like a father a yeah. friend a help if they need help you know right. and a source of teaching of resources yeah that's that's awesome well you covered um we covered a lot of territory tonight thank you elaine for your time i want to let people know a little bit more about you and some of your resources um the hottest apostolic network but the two books that i think are you know correct me if i'm wrong are uh, more uh, prominent more widely known are apostolic centers shifting the church transforming the world and then your new book apostolic expansion the kingdom war for territorial gains i remember you gave me a copy of that book in texas before it was released yes <laughs> and uh, i've enjoyed that i've enjoyed that book very much so um how do people learn more about you connect with you get a hold of your uh, your books so they can go deeper into this topic of apostolic centers and so on Yes, well, the, the, the books are easy to find on Amazon. So yeah. whatever country you're in, Amazon, you will find them in Kindle or, or uh, hard copy. Uh, and I have other books there too. Uh, and then to get in touch with me, um, well, it's, uh, I have two websites. One is the Apostolic Center. It's lechemin.ca lechemin.ca and the other is hodos the network hodos.ca hello everyone have you heard of my new podcast called the power of five where we talk about all things fivefold ministry this is glenn blakeney of awake nations ministries i encourage you to join us each week as we bring some of the most knowledgeable kingdom leaders from around the globe into the studio to chat about this current season of reformation and specifically how the restoration of the fivefold ministry plays such an integral role in what the lord is doing to restore and raise up a glorious church in these days hallelujah so guys please subscribe to the power of five on apple Podcasts, spotify google or wherever you listen to your podcasts and would you also consider leaving a review rating the podcast and sharing on social media with your friends together let's recover the glory of the lord as we contend for reformation revival the advancement of the kingdom of god on the earth Thanks for listening to the Power of Five podcast. 
Be sure to visit kingdomcommunity.global to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our awesome bonus content. See you next time on The Power of Five.